Hello and welcome to the latest Blood Bride podcast from the Liverpool Echo. I'm Joe Rimmer and joining me today is a bumper, a bumper pod. It's Paul Ghost. How are we, Paul? All good, yeah. Um, folks getting stuck into this one, City away. It's yeah. always a, one that brings up plenty of talking points, isn't it? So, uh, yeah, feeling refreshed on a Monday morning. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Linda, how are you? Very good. I predicted a draw for, for the uh, City game, so I'm feeling quite smug. Got that in early. You're that smug. No, I'm not smug because that's not a very attractive character trait, is it? Uh, so I'm very tired, actually. Been a busy weekend, doesn't it? You're always tired. Well, you know, it's my age. Yeah. Just waking up to an event. Yeah. yeah. You got up early enough for the 12th and 30th on Saturday. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll, we'll stay with you then. We'll stay okay. with you because, um, yeah, I mean, as Corsi said, a lot of, she has like a lot of talking points. Um, what did you make of the game as, in general? It was poor, wasn't it? Do you think? Yeah, I think it was quite a poor game. From bad to see Liverpool standards, let's be honest. I thought it wasn't bad. There wasn't much atmosphere. People say, oh, they actually had. But it was 12.30, even like five minutes before the game, not much was happening. Even the first 20 minutes. The game wasn't going anywhere until Liverpool gave Man City their first goal. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. And that kind of sparked it for a little bit. Even the second half, it didn't seem as though much was really happening until Liverpool then got their equaliser and then kind of but little things got a little bit... Uh, Lively towards the end, certainly after the final whistle with Darwin Nunes as well. But overall, I mean, in the podcast, um, I'm sure somebody else will bring it up, but I said that uh, I thought City would win 3 or 4 1, and I explained that Liverpool were a good team, not a great team yet. And I thought if it was going to be 3 or 4, it would be completely different to the to 4 1 in April. And of course, it turned out that it was completely different. I, I thought City weren't brilliant. I think they were affected a bit by the half 12 kickoff as well. Um, so although I did kind of just proved you can't be having those games at that time, especially straight after international break, it basically just wasted. Um, from a Premier League point of view, one of the biggest games, but for Liverpool, it actually worked out quite well in their favour. I think they grew into the game. Uh, Klopp made some, he made some like tactical tweaks. Did the half time he spoke about after the game. He also made some substitutions, which to be fair, at the time when we were looking at it, it didn't seem to make as much difference as when you then sat down and watched the game afterwards. They did such as the actual goal itself. It was, you look at it, Grabberberg takes the ball out of defence, goes, but I know people say, like, wow, looking just left for Rodri for dead, but he did. Rodri kind of got back, but he managed to play that up to Diaz. Diaz puts it across, Gakpo makes that run, which makes the space for Salah to put Trent in. So three of the subs mm. made a big difference just for that goal. So, you know, so Guardiola was doing his old being a bit stubborn about it, trying to be too clever. Mm -hmm. City have got this massive academy that they've spent a fortune on and they've got all these players coming through. We had a little bit of illness in the camp. They didn't think to bring one or two and put them on the bench. And then he doesn't make any substitutions at all. So if Liverpool end up finishing ahead of Man City on the basis of this, good. This Pep's just kind of... He's, got a, he's got a bit of raffer about yeah. it. Yeah. You know, like it, it, beforehand, he was like crying it in as if like... Poor City, and I'm only just going to pull together say, a team. You can never say that about City. Yeah. Well, the other thing that was quite interesting, and me Ghosty got onto this, and he did show it on television quite a bit, is every time Liverpool got a set piece or a corner, he was on his like knees, wasn't he? Like, oh, no, I, can't, I just yeah. can't expect it. Yeah. That's what I expected. There was the one you tweeted, and, and it came up. They then showed them on TV just afterwards, and he was literally looked look like Liverpool had scored last year. If he was in charge of the team, he wasn't so good. They'd have to cast him off to hospital, the amount of, <laughs> kind of Just because of how anxiety riddled he looks whenever yeah. a team goes on the attack, and, and he's managing the best team in Europe. So. That can't be healthy, can it? But, but going back to Liverpool, yeah, I think they grew into the game. I'll tell you, I thought there was a couple of players I thought had a really good game. Well, Trent, obviously. McAllister, I thought, was really good. And funny, my brother was in the away end. Mm -hmm. He messaged me at half time and says, 
Like Cal Seven, a very good game when he was looking at it from a different perspective, from high up, and he could see the way he was moving around, moving the ball around, trying to get Liverpool moving. And he was doing that more in the second half. I thought Matip played really well. I don't know some people yeah, say well, Doku got past him a couple of times, but Doku's going to get past a lot of players all season. That's just the player that he is, and also that's where Matip, you know, Trent had gone off to do something else. I push forward and try and get a goal, which he ends up scoring. I thought Simicast did all right as well, yeah. considering we, yeah. we have kind of had a go at him recently. He did better against Brentford, and I think while he didn't offer too much going forward, he did his defensive job pretty well, because Foden, apart from that one shot, where he had to cut all the way into the centre of, of the pitch, was the only real chance that he had. It feels like quite a deliberate thing, that with Simicast. Because it felt very much like two teams sizing each other up a little mm. bit for, um, for what's to come. Um, City... Like Dodie said, I don't think City were quite at it, and they seemed a little bit. I don't know, not like they weren't fully pulling the trigger. Like they didn't want to fully pull <clears throat> it at the ball because they didn't know what would come the other way. Yeah, I, I thought Liverpool defended well. Really, mm-hmm. you know, obviously the, the goal comes from Allison slipping, and then you can probably do better with Ake, but then goes into Haaland, does it? And he does what Haaland does: two touches, and maybe Allison could have even saved that. But generally, other than that, Liverpool defended as well as you could expect for for going to the Etihad. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, they had the best defensive record in the league before the game, and, and you know, I think they kind of showed why. Can't really think of too many massive chances, really. Obviously, Alisson makes that save, doesn't he, in, in the second half, and Liverpool go up the other end. But other than that, I thought Liverpool did really, really well. Um, as you say, though, about Simakas, I thought he, he played well defensively. Uh, Van Dijk didn't really, really notice him, um, which probably tells you he's had a good game. Matup was very good alongside him, and, and Trent. It's difficult for Trent, isn't it, in these types of games because he's having to be a world-class defensive right-back and he's having to be a world-class attacking midfielder as well. So, you know, what what, what do you want from him? I thought he did really well as well. So, um, yeah, all across the pitch, there was plenty to be pleased with. And I think I said on, on Friday, I'd, I'd snatch your hand off of the draw and that's, that's what I... You know, coming away from it, it almost felt like a win given the manner that yeah. Liverpool have, have grabbed the points and, and come away from there with still on the coattails of City. So all in all, I think Liverpool have got a lot to be pleased about. Um, not too much to to grumble about or criticise, really. Yeah, it felt like, like a, almost like a European <coughs> mm. performance, Beth, where you dig in, you stay in the game. And it, it was hugely frustrating to give away the goal in the manner that they did. City didn't really have to work for it, but... It was also hugely encouraging the way they stayed in the game, the way they didn't give any more goals away, and they kept giving themselves chances. Yeah, I think as Doyle says, I think if that happens last season, and, and Haaland gives City the lead within half an hour, I think yeah. it was a you know got pretty messy and been three or four nil. So I think that's a, a testament to the resilience that this new look Liverpool side have, have developed over the course of this season so far. Um, I think. As as you have all said, I, I don't think there's, there were too many chances of, of note for City, which is a you know huge credit to, to Liverpool because I think very few teams in this league could, can reduce City to to, to few chances. Um, we actually watched a few clips of, of the game back on uh, on match of the day, and there were there were a couple of um, couple of occasions where I think City really missed Kevin De Bruyne. Mm-hmm. Um, Haaland made some brilliant runs at times and there was one particularly I think it was Alvarez he was on the ball and Haaland had gone ahead of him and you think if that was um, if that was De Bruyne you can just see him sort of threading that ball through and I think they, they, they lacked that real sort of creative spark I thought, I thought Bernardo Silva was excellent in the first half and then yeah his impact sort of dwindled 
dwindled as, as the game went on. So, um, Dwayne Johnson. Dwayne. Yeah. I was going to say Wayne, Wayne and Dwindle at the same time. Um, <laughs> the Rock. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think overall that there's a lot for, for Liverpool to be positive about and I think probably a better point for, for Liverpool mm. than it is for, for Manchester City. Absolutely. Um... Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. I want to talk Darwin Nunes, though, because, I mean, he makes himself a talking point in every game, and if not for his performance, at least for... um, a little bit of afters with, with Pep on the touchline, but it, it was interesting because obviously we're in the office, so you're watching it through through Sky, you listen to, to Neville on commentary, and Neville was was making the, the game, and the, he was almost making a narrative around the game, Nunes versus Haaland. Yeah. And, and when Haaland scored, Nunes had, had a couple of chances at the header, um, which was, was a good chance. Good save. A good save, and, it, and I thought quite a good header. Um, and then he had the other one where he'd sort of, he may have been offside, I don't know, but he was. Yeah, he was, yeah. Was he offside? Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, he, he took a poor touch, and, and, and Neville especially was using that chance to sort of say, well, look at the difference. Haaland gets put through one touch goal. Um, Nunes gets put through one touch, and, and it sort of goes behind him. Um, but I, I, mean, I thought Nunes, you know, Beth was talking about resilience there, confidence. He never stopped putting City on the back foot, making runs, putting himself in, in the heart of things. And I think he, he was he was everything good about this new look Liverpool team, which is is causing problems. Well, what did you make of his performance? Um, I can't remember what he gave him in the ratings. Seven. Seven, yeah. yeah. Um, well, I, what, thought, I, thought he, I thought he played well. And I have time, actually. I was speaking to somebody else who, uh, who works for another... Media outlet who was like, oh, Nunes, this, that, and the other. I was like, what are you talking about? So he's actually been playing quite well. Mm. And I thought he did play well. I mean, he had a couple of chances, didn't he, Pat? And that header were, they were difficult ones. It was on the angle. And I think he made Edison save one. Mm. Or actually, made him save one in the second half that was probably going wide anyway. Yeah, it was, yeah. But he kind of, he occupied, you could tell the City's defenders weren't too happy at having to deal with him. And I think that's what you need from Nunes, especially when you go to a place like City, where, as you said before, the reason part of the reason City didn't want to commit everybody up front is that they knew quite well, well, hang on, if we get this wrong or lose the ball, then Nunes is there with his pace. Salah, against Salah, I just mentioned him very briefly. I think there's been a couple of times where he's been up against Dakey, and it looks as though he hasn't got anything out of him. But ends up getting an assist. Mm-hmm. You know, he just even when he's not quite there, he's not quite yeah. as involved as he should be. He's doing something, he's still providing something, he's getting the numbers. And Nunes, to a certain extent, is like that because if he's not scoring or assisting, he gets booked yeah. and he's having a kickoff with the opposing yeah. game. So yeah. it's like, what more job for a football? Like he's, he's always, I'm not saying he's got to be involved, but he always finds himself involved. And I think whereas last season he was more this agent of chaos because you didn't know what to expect, I think now you do know what to expect and his teammates know, know what to expect. More importantly, the opponents know what to expect and that's why... City were a bit wary because they knew quite well with you just couldn't leave him. Yeah, he had a yeah that he did have a bad touch when he was put through, but he was offside anyway. But then there's other ones where he's there was where he was dropping deep, he was getting the ball. Mm-hmm. He was you know he's not going to be Firmino or Gakpo. Who offered you know, Gakpo offers something different, and it will be interesting to see further down the line in this season when Gakpo eventually does get a few games up front, mm-hmm. when that is and how Liverpool perform. 
Um, but for now, that was exactly the kind of player that Liverpool needed for that game. And perhaps they've missed going to City. I don't even sure whether he played in that 4-1. If he did, then he didn't do very much. Um, but, yeah, I thought he played well. And I don't understand anybody who... I know you mentioned, we were talking about this before yeah. in the office, weren't we, about the trying to put, put him up against Harlow. Well, Harlow's just a pure goal-getter who all he needs to do is keep on getting the chances and scoring because that's all he has to do in that Man City team. And he's very good at it. But Harlow does... Yeah, poor misses, we've seen that. Yeah. And I know well, you could say, apart from, I'm going to say, apart of the old thing about a striker, apart from scoring, what did he do? Mm. He had one shot and he had the, the chance. That was it. He, he, he could have scored at the very end. Although yeah, there, he had he the head goal. Yeah, it, was, okay. it was a good attack of all. Yeah. I thought that went in, actually, yeah, yeah, from our vantage point. I mean, what, what I would say about this result for Liverpool is it probably gives, you know, the, the new team. We, we spent loads and we talking about this, this new Liverpool team and, I think sometimes we just assume that it's the four new players who come in, but it's not, is it? It's mm-hmm. Diaz with a full season behind them, hopefully, and Nunes, you know, not coming into a team off the back the back of this previous season when it was all falling apart, and Gakpo was first full season at Liverpool, and um, new tactical makeup, new, as well. yeah, new captains, you know, almost every kind of facet about it is, is new and refreshed, and I think results like Saturday give them belief that. They can go anywhere and, and get a result. You know that, that that's the most difficult away day of the season, and they've done really well. Mm-hmm. Where else are they going to go now? That's going to give them a, a few few jitters and a, a few you know moments of concern and, and angst. I can't really think of any. Mm-hmm. They should be going everywhere, thinking well, we can go and get a result here. Because even when they got beat at Tottenham, they, you know we, there were so many caveats around that result. Liverpool went there and had a real go, and you know had it not been for a handful of decisions that clearly went against them. Could have could have even won that game. So I can't think of any in particular. No, I mean, <laughs> other than the, uh, the 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 five off the top of my head. Um, so yeah, I just think Saturday's result could be massive for the belief within within the squad because they're still trying to put one foot one foot in front of the other and mm-hmm. find out how far they can go. Mm-hmm. I mean, I thought that just just to stick with this Nunes Harland narrative, I just felt it quite quite lazy, Beth. You know, I, I think it was like for someone like Neville who. I like Neville. I think I think he's a he's a he's a good personality on commentary. But for someone who's a, supposedly a deep thinker, to say that the difference between the two teams was them too, I'd say that the difference between the two teams is is nowhere near in the forward department. It's it's elsewhere, and I feel like he's been a bit unlucky, Nunes, in coming in at the same time as Haaland, and and that really he's one of the good things about Liverpool. Certainly not not a negative. Yeah, I think like you say, it's a very very easy narrative to, to fall back on, isn't it? And it's, I think it's overly simplistic to to sort of mm. compare the two and, and say that that's the difference. Because I think if you speak to 100 Liverpool fans this season, I'm sure 99% of them will say that, that they've been impressed with the way that, that Nunes has acquitted himself. I think, like I you... Was, I was sorry to that. I was um, exchanging with a, a Newcastle fan at half-time who was saying that Nunes was bang average. And I do find this narrative around him outside of, of Liverpool circles quite interesting because he just seems to be a highlights player. He's, he's, he's sort of an easy um, sort of vehicle for getting clicks, isn't he? I mm. think on social media for some outlets, you know, they put, he misses a chance and they put him on. He's got to get more clicks than, you know, if Haaland misses a chance and, mm-hmm. um, and you know, that's not helped him. And I think also the fact that when you go back to when they both, um, you know, moved to the Premier League, they had that, we had the Community Shield yeah. game and, uh, Nunes scores, Haaland misses a big chance and I think from that moment they've been sort of pitted against each yeah. other and, and Haaland's 
is the best goal scorer, scorer in the world, isn't he, in terms of pure sort of finishing and, and um, you know, Nunes, I don't think, regardless of how polished he becomes, is ever going to be at that level. But I think, as Gorsi said, you know, he brings so much more than than just the scoring goals. And I think, I think to be, to be fair to Nunes as well, I think if you look at Liverpool's attacking options as a whole on Saturday, I don't think anyone had a particularly amazing game. You know, Salah, as Doyle said, he got the assist, but wasn't at his best. And, you know, uh, Jota had a pretty poor game um, before he went off with, with an injury. So I think Nunes is is just sort of an easy target for, for rival fans. And when people are trying to criticise Liverpool, he's sort of the first name that comes up. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah. Wonder what the Newcastle fan was saying at the St. Yeah. Uh, James's yeah. Park. Yeah. Well, they, they were two good highlights, to be fair. He said, he said, other than that, he said he's living off that result. And I, I said, well, he scored as many, maybe it's different different after that, because they, they played afterwards. So scored as many as any Newcastle forward this season. Like, oh, well, the minutes they've played, all this, this sort of thing. You know? But I think, like, you look at Alexander Isaac, signed from all money, scored fewer goals this season than, than Nunes. And, and, he has been injured for a bit. Like. And, I know, but, he, but he, he's not. Isaac hasn't come in and set the world on fire, and we don't analyse him to the nth degree like we yeah, do. Yeah. And he does. There does seem to be this yeah, whipped up. Do you know what? around because he plays for Newcastle. Well, I think, but yeah, no, I, 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 I accept that's that. just. I think Nick Nunes has had about twelve goals. goals this season for Club and Country, yeah, no? Yeah. But but if you look at you know Neville saying that that was the difference, I, I get that that annoys me because I think really we should be looking deeper. I mean, the, Nunes has been the difference. I think at times this season in terms of pushing Liverpool a bit further on than. They have been. So it's not... That isn't the difference between Liverpool and Man City. There are differences in midfield. There are differences probably in defence. Bank but, accounts as well. Yeah, in bank accounts certainly and, as well. And, and, and allegedly, yeah. the way that they deal with the... Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's yeah, also... It's yeah. like um, like Hoyland at, at Manchester United. I feel like Nunes yeah. gets far more oh, stick yeah, than, than yeah. him. And I know, obviously, it's his first season and he's a young player and he's coming. But, you know, he's at a massive club, you know, probably the biggest club in, in the Premier League. And I don't think he receives anywhere near the amount of scrutiny that that Nunes does. So I think, to be fair to be fair to, to Nunes, I think he has sort of a lot to contend with. And, and I think the fact that he's still performing and, and doing a good job amidst all that is, is a real credit to him. Yeah. Uh, United, I think, Anthony Martial, as in Anthony Martial, Rashford, I think they're the ones that are getting all of that kind of yeah. scrutiny. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah. But, it, but it is interesting, isn't it, the way narratives attach themselves to a player. And mm. I think Nunes... We'll always have to deal with that. There is a bit of Suarez about him, you know, like he's on the wind up and it'll blip. But I think that's why Liverpool fans will like him even more. Um, someone who was a narrative all throughout last season, Doyle was Trent. Mm. Um, and we talked about him we, during the international break. He didn't sort of did a highs, lows, ups and downs the season so far. And we talked about players that we didn't need to underperform, but we pointed out that considering Trent last season, whether it was at right back or whether it was the tactical change, seemed to be at the heart of everything good and bad for Liverpool. This season he's been a little bit quiet, but what a time to sort of come in and, and, and make a contrib- contribution, which was, well, which was huge for Liverpool, wasn't it? I would argue that he has actually been 
playing quite well this season. It's, yeah, but in a, in a, there's, there's been no no real talk around Trent this season the, in the way that last season seemed to be every time I, we played. I, I think Pat, well, I think Pat, a couple of reasons for that is that he's found this position so no one's going, where's he going to play? Yeah. He plays for England and no one, and because he's played well for Liverpool, no one's saying, why hasn't he played well in midfield? Why isn't he playing in midfield for Liverpool? Because suddenly Liverpool have got all these other midfielders anyway. So there's not really any of that kind of chat. So he's been allowed to just get on with playing the game. And I think that's helped him. And he was paid by his captain. So perhaps in some ways he's that's made him not take a step back, but he's made him reevaluate what he wants to be as a footballer. Mm-hmm. And I just think he's just a lot more comfortable in what he's doing. So he doesn't necessarily have to go out of his way to try and prove himself. And sometimes when you try to do that, you try a bit too hard. And then when you make a mistake, kind of go, oh no, you know, that kind of thing. Because he did make the mistake, what was it, against Bournemouth, wasn't he, when he lost the ball there to the end? Yeah. By the end of the game, Liverpool have won three one, and no one's talking about that. So, yeah. I mean, we've said many a time that early on in the season, teams thought, "Well, we're going to do this against Trent," and then he's found a way of just mixing and matching. Mm. And, and whatever he's been asked, he's found the answers to it. I mean, I same course he said before. I thought he played well, really well against 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 City, yeah. and I think defensively he played well. Yeah. It's like I think Doku didn't get anywhere near as much. Opportunities perhaps he would have done against some other defenders, and it's like, well, he got past him a couple of times. It's like, well, you know, that's what happens when you're a defender. Players are going to go past you. I know someone's going to say, no one goes past Virgil van Dijk, but that's just from starting to centre back, mm-hmm. different position, and that's just a stupid statistic anyway. Um, so, no, I think Trent played well, and yeah, as I said uh, a bit earlier on, part of the reason Matty had to deal with Doku because Trent had obviously been tasked with get yourself forward, we need a goal here, yeah. and uh. He managed to get a oh, great strike, which I must admit that I almost didn't see because I was making a note of something. Knocked up and it's like, oh, the ball's going in. It's like, so what's happened there? So uh, I had to ask my Christine Connick who scored that. <coughs> yeah, you did, didn't you? Yeah. yeah. It was a lovely touch and strike. I mean, it would be nice to see Trent <coughs> affect things further up a little bit more, wouldn't it? Because when you've got something like that, um, it would, you could, yeah. Get more goals, it just comes down to how much are we, how much are we expecting of him. You know, he's been... Asked to play two, three positions, yeah, isn't yeah. he, to a, to a class standard? Um, but he certainly got the ability to, to to get in those positions, and obviously we know how well he can strike it, how well he can pass it. Um, so it would be nice to see the, the kind of goals column become a bit more, um, you know, see those numbers go up because he's going to get assists. We know that, don't we? Whether it's from deep or from the from the byline. Um, but he was doing a lovely new pair of uh, Adidas Preds, wasn't he? Yeah. The, the white Predators. He's no longer uh, an Under Armour poster boy. He's now wearing the, the Adidas or the Adidas, however, however we're saying it. Well, in his posture, say Adidas. Yeah. But he's 25 now and, and he's, he's he's no saying, longer the young lad so making his way. Well, like yeah, but is that it? Puma or Puma? Puma. We saw Puma. Go and have a look, though. No, Go and no, Puma. What about Reebok or Reebok? <laughs> 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 but Sorry. he's um, he's taken on a new a new kind of role within the squad hasn't he? he's not like the young lad coming through anymore he's he's played 300 games now for the pool he's 25 he's the vice captain and he is um, finding a new new role on top of everything else so yeah I thought he did really well Saturday and um, you know as long as the pool are able to keep picking him he's going to keep influencing results certainly I mean it, I think it does help though he just touched on it before Beth, but Martin and Van Dyke are playing so well beside him that if, if someone does get past him, I, I thought their clearances, especially inside their own box, they were so alert to things on Saturday. And, uh, and especially Martin, who, you know, a lot of us sort of ripped them off this season a little mm-hmm. bit, but 
It was um, it was really really good, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think we saw sort of how formidable a partnership Van Dijk and Matic can be in the sort of the eighteen nineteen mm-hmm. season when Liverpool pushed City all the way in the league and went and won the, the Champions League. Um, and then I think obviously the, the past few years have been blighted for, for injury, for, blighted by injury for Matic, which is. I think led to, as you say, we sort of all I think wrote him off last mm. season, and he's obviously out of contract next summer, and that's a decision now the club have to mm. make because you know, do you give him a year's extension? I probably would. Yeah. Um, mm. But then again, you probably do that, and then he gets injured, and people go, "Oh, why are you wasting wages on a, on an older injury-prone player?" But he didn't really put a foot wrong yesterday, and I think with Liverpool, you know, adopting this new way of playing with Trent going into midfield, it gives Trent a greater licence to get forward when Matip and Van Dijk are playing so well. And I think what we used to say a lot about Van Dijk is that when he played well, he sort of instilled confidence in the players around him. And I think that's maybe been the case this season. And yeah, just on the the Adidas thing, you can imagine the celebrations in the headquarters when that ball went in. It couldn't have gone any better for them, could it? Because that pick, especially sort of is a, his celebration now, you feel that's going to be an iconic yeah. picture, don't you? And he's wearing the new Predators. So, um, but yeah, I thought sort of the, the bat line as a whole and, and Simicass, as, as we've said earlier on, I thought yeah. I was very nervous seeing him playing there on, on Saturday. And yeah, I thought he did really well against Foden. The funny thing about Matip is that he kind of demonstrates how it's all about perception in the yeah. sense that Doku got past him in the area, like just and it, with Matip because he's, he's quite of his frame, when he get when someone gets past him, it looks terrible. Mm. So he gets past him, puts it across, Haaland should bring his goal on, certainly get That's a better right. contact. Right to the end. No, get a better contact. Alisson saves it. Oh, the ball goes out to there. Liverpool go down the other end and score. Yeah. So instead of yeah. people saying, oh, Matip just got done there, it's Trent's just scored this really good goal. So it just shows that's an example of how little things can change yeah. football. I think, I think the thing with Matip as well is Liverpool didn't create an awful lot in the first half and I think one of the, the real sort of positive moments came when Matip did that mazy run into midfield which we've so accustomed to seeing it's him a, do you know, now. It's a key feature that, and it, yeah. yeah, it's something that we sort of laugh about and it, you know, it makes it onto sort of no context Joel Matip on Twitter and he's off on an adventure but actually, X. As, on X, yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> we get names right. And, uh, but actually it is, it's a huge you know, tool that Liverpool have at their disposal and um, a, a huge advantage that you get of, of him playing there. But yeah, but I guess, did, 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 I don't know whether they showed it on television, did they see the thing before he did that run? Did they run where he went? Did they yeah. see it? Because he went for the return from yeah. Sally, he was like, oh, yeah. oh. And Sally, <laughs> like, 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 no, I think he's been very good this season. Midfield, oh, sorry, before we talk midfield, Alisson quickly, you, you believe he might have been injured going into the... Or, or well, no, I think he got injured before. I, I think there was something up, certainly second half, someone didn't look right. Uh, whether he's been carrying something for a while, I don't know. But quite clearly, at the end, mm. like, we did think he was going to have to go off, but it was well, only about fifteen <clears throat> seconds to go, yeah, or something yeah, like that. So Klopp got asked about it in the and he said, "Some, I think someone asked him, is this kind of proof that players shouldn't be playing at twelve thirty when they've been in South America and whatever?" And Klopp basically said, "Am I allowed to say that? Because I just get older and moaning when he says stuff like that." But mm. <clears throat> he walked through the mix zone after the game, Allison, and he stopped for ESPN Brazil and. He was hobbling. It was it was a ginger walk. He, he looks like he could be carrying something, which would be a bit of a well, blow. And hoping there it was cramp at the end. You know, you, mm. towards the end of the game, you always hope there's a bit of cramp. And Jota, although he walked off, I think he's done his hamstring as well. I think so. Yeah, because he walked off quite. It seemed okay. Um, he, well, he was hobbling, but, but yeah, definitely a bit. Yeah. Um, but Alison, of course, he, I mean, 
considering <clears throat> slips, makes that mistake, and probably I think he probably would have wanted to do better as well with the, with yeah. the shot with Haaland. But considering all that, and considering some of his kicking wasn't wasn't at his best, like like with Pozzaia, he made that that brilliant save in the, in the build up to the goal. Yeah, I mean he still makes those contributions, doesn't he? Yeah, I believe he's a world class operator, isn't he? You know, even if he's having a bit of an off day, he's still capable of, of doing something really to a high standard. And I seen some Dean Saunders quotes this morning, and it was something along the lines of Allison had looked like he'd just been on a ten day bender, never mind international break. And I was thinking, well, are you not thinking that this is why he wasn't up to it because he's he'd been on international break? This is why the managers are having a, a good old moan about it. This is what they're moaning about. You know, the, the star players coming back and they're nowhere near a fit state to be to be playing. Look at McAllister at Wolves, you know, he was taken off after 45 minutes and Klopp ultimately took the blame for that one. He kind of put it on his own shoulders. But, you know, expecting these players to be at the best for the biggest games when they've, you know, they've only flown back from you know, 6,000 miles away a couple of days earlier. And I think McAllister said it, didn't he, though, yesterday yeah. that he was asleep in one of the team meetings yeah. just because of the jet lag and all that stuff. So... That's what he said anyway. Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe, maybe Pete Crowder's set pieces just put him to sleep. But um, on Allison, it wasn't his, his best game. His kicking was below par. And To be fair, the one that the, the mistake, he does just slip. I mean, it, yeah. and, um, you know, if you watch it back, it was almost like, you know, it was the goal they scored last year. see what he was trying to do. because It was the goal, goal that they were often trying yeah, to Yeah, the, the small and, margins, aren't yeah, they? And, yeah. and they built one game against yeah. City last season yeah. because of that. So, yeah. no issue with them trying. They just didn't execute yeah. it. And, yeah. you know, the Bill caught it over. But the Bill scored against Wolves back in September where their keeper oh, tried yeah. to do it, kicked it up in the air. Robertson came in. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. of course. Yeah, yeah. But um, just one of those soft days for Alisson. He wasn't, yeah. uh, wasn't, you know, gone a little bit lucky with the goal, but those are the sorts of goals. Things that have been keepers have been getting for for twenty years now at least. So, yeah, yeah. I, I just hope it's not an injury really, and, and he'll be back for Fulham at the weekend, and he'll be back to his best. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, one final part of the team wants to discuss uh, Curtis Jones. Um, I'd say split opinion. I think sort of by half time, mm-hmm. um, and then Gravenberch came on and obviously makes a, a vital contribution to the goal. Thought um, thought we saw Gravenberch's sort of game. How he can sort of take players on and get them up the pitch quite well. What did you make of, of both of them, and, and what do you make of that midfield battle? Yeah, I, I think Curtis Jones. One sort of grievance a lot of people have with him is he takes quite a few touches mm-hmm. sometimes, and that can slow Liverpool down if they're on the attack. But I think against a team like City, you want a player who's going to keep the ball and yeah. protect the ball well, and that's one of his biggest assets. So, you know, I was pleased to see him starting on on Saturday, and I thought in the first sort of. 20 minutes or so I thought he was probably one of Liverpool's better players in terms of there were a couple of times he sort of set Liverpool away on the attack and and seemed to do quite well and I thought sort of as the second half as the first half went on um, again it is influence Dwayne Dwayne Johnson a little bit Um, and there were a couple of times then where that sort of issue of him holding on to the ball a little bit too long came back to bite him because he he lost possession a couple of times and um, I think that maybe clouded some people's opinions of his performance. I, I I did think, you know, when he went off, I was glad that he went off because at that point, I don't think he was necessarily having a particularly great game. I don't think he had an awful game no, yeah. um, and I think there were positives. Um, but I think when Graham Birch came on, he just offered something that a little bit different, yeah. didn't he? And, and injected a, a little bit of urgency, I think, into the midfield that had been lacking. Um, and we obviously saw his role in the in the build-up to Liverpool's goal and he, he takes on Rodri and, and picks out Diaz and 
Um, yeah, I thought he did really well and has definitely given Jürgen Klopp something to to think about. Um, he's, I guess, more maybe slightly more attack-minded than Jones. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he, he did well as well. He made a, a good clearance, didn't he, in the, uh, yeah. b- before the goal. Um, we just sort of, well, booted it behind, which, you know, he tracked back well and um, done his job well. So, yeah, I, I think it's a, it's an interesting one who long-term is going to get that, that third spot in, in midfield. Um, I think I'd be tempted to, to start Gravenberch next weekend against Fulham. But, yeah, um, yeah I think Curtis Jones, it was just sort of maybe not his best day at the office, really. What I like about Curtis Jones, though, I think I think in a game like that, City, you need players that, that come and ask for the ball. And, and yeah. One thing I like about Jones is I think he's good for Liverpool tactically because he constantly offers an outlet. Yeah. He always shows for the ball, even if he's giving it away. Even if it's, and he, and I, don't, I don't think he was great on the ball on Saturday, but the amount of touches he seems to get shows how important he is to the system. Well, don't, I think with Curtis, in particular on Saturday, don't forget he'd come back for an injury, and that was an injury that he'd already had, mm-hmm. if, if what we're led to believe from what Klopp said at the time. Um, so he was looked a little bit rusty at times. I think his game turned on his back pass to Allison. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's yeah. where he kind of not lost confidence in himself, but I think the whole team kind of... What's going on? Was it, was it nil-nil at that point? It was, wasn't it? When which? No, I think they were one ahead. Were they? Point, were they? The back pass. I can't remember. I can't remember anyway, the point being is that I oh, agree it was that the old yeah, yeah. Was yeah. I agree that he, I thought he actually was. I'd even said that you know, he's having a good game in the first twenty minutes, but it kind of went a little bit downhill from there. The other thing about Gravenberch is I didn't really notice him as much in the second half until his part in the goal. Even then, I only noticed him probably yeah. when I got home and had, and had a watch. Um, I think with Gravenberch, he, he does. He likes to get forward. He likes to play on the turn. We've seen that, and he, he's quite good at you know moving Liverpool on with his runs rather than with Curtis takes up his hand and makes a pass but I don't think he's as good defensively yet and I think that's probably that's probably that's definitely why he didn't start against yeah. City and I think when he did come on he did give away a couple of free kicks seemed to think I don't know if you know he that clearance but there were one or two times yeah, it's it. always a bit like yeah. you know so but by then Liverpool were losing anyway so he was kind of the right player to have on at that time to try and as, as was proved with his with his part the equaliser for I think He's already played more times now, hasn't he, than he for by me last season start. Yeah. So, from that point of view, he's doing well, and I think he's just another player who the Klopp will just pick and choose when he when he needs to play. But I do think Curtis, if there's a big game happening tomorrow, I think Curtis starts. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think he's great, Gravenberch, in, in the transition, isn't he? Like you say, he's it was a great counter attack, and that was everything he's good at. You know, to get the ball on the turn and then taking someone on. Um, what do we make of Man City in general? Obviously, we I mean, first time you've, you've seen them in, in, in the flesh this mm. season. Um, they, you're still com- confident that they'll end up with the title or it, does it give you more confidence that Liverpool could... Yeah, a, a, a bit more confidence that Liverpool can, can bloody the nose a bit. Um, Tiny squad, have they? You know, a bit help. It's interesting, wasn't it? You know, <laughs> um, looking at the bench, it wasn't really full of, full of the names you'd expect, was it? Obviously, Rico Lewis is now an England international, but the players like Oscar Bob, who were kind of really inexperienced. But yeah, I, I, I feel as though. Young fella called Scott Carson as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, young come I, I feel I just feel as though City have maybe even been taken a, a bit by surprise by, by Liverpool mm-hmm. at the weekend. Um, seeing Bernardo Silva talking in the mix zone and um, Guardiola walk past, little shake of his head as, as if, like, you know, he couldn't quite believe that. They hadn't killed the game off when they had the opportunity to, and 
did that thing afterwards, Guardiola, where he overcompensated. So, oh, I'm so pleased. Yeah, he's always so proud of his team. He's always so proud of his team. You have no idea how difficult yeah. it is to play against the team. Guys, guys at Shakhtar, is the, yeah. the, the, yeah. the kind of the way he shone that of us eight years ago. He beat Shakhtar at 6 0. Um, <laughs> Kyle Walker as well, he, he, he's seen the bit frustrated post match. So I, I don't know whether Liverpool have got under the skin a little bit, you know. Um, yeah, Kyle Walker, I heard it on the radio where he said, like, let's, let's make the bone, this is not the best Liverpool team we've ever played against. Mm-hmm. We're still competing. Yeah, so um, I suppose that's that's only good good for Liverpool, isn't it? I just wonder whether City are getting in the stride after Christmas or maybe yeah. maybe now coming up to Christmas when the games start coming a bit more frequently. Um, no, De Bruyne's big for them, isn't it? Depends how long he's going to be out. Um, still the favourites for the title, but um, Liverpool and Arsenal, I suppose, will be heartened by by the first what Pekers does in the games where... City haven't been at, at their absolute best. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the, this is. I've been, doing, way, just... been doing this pod for a very long time. That's the first time I've heard the phrase Baker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I enjoyed that. It was good. Good. It was, th- it was 13. 13, yeah. It was 13, yeah. Well done. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Could you be a bit more patronising? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it, it is a peculiar season, isn't it? I mean, I, I, peculiar turn of phrase, peculiar season. 20, 28 points. Um, Aston Villa are on the same points at Liverpool, but I mean, Imagine Actually, they played well. Four points behind Liverpool. Yeah, yeah. And they're, they're not very good. They're not very good at all. So it, it, it's very, very tight at the top. Um, I don't really have a question. Well, then it's weird, isn't it? But it's, I mean, it's, 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 from it's a Liverpool perspective, yeah. they played Tottenham, Chelsea, City, yeah. Brighton. Yeah. Is there anyone else in there? Newcastle. Newcastle all oh, the way yeah. in thirteen oh, games. I, th- I think think that's very, very good, and, and I think Liverpool have made a really good start to the season, and, and I think if you're watching them every week, you know. How good they've been! They've passed it. They've only had long games yes. this season where you go, oh, "That's disappointing." In the league, and that was looting away. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and they managed to get away with it with a one-all yeah. draw. And yeah. at home, it could almost take shade of itself now, doesn't it? With the, mm. the form yeah, that they, they have, a few different ones coming up. Don't they? United, Arsenal, yeah. Newcastle. So, be basically got all nine points in there. But those are the types of games, aren't they? That I think I'd always back Liverpool at home because I think the crowd, um, Arsenal's five thirty, so it's a good time. You know, I think. Everything will be set up for quite a good occasion, and, and you back Liverpool at home. So I think the aways is the one that I thought was real going to go into the season. Whether they could they could stand up away from home, they had a really poor away record last season, and they they have so far. And you know, getting a point at City that that's what you know that's what you need to do. You don't need to go and win all those games, but if you go and stay in them and and, and nick nick vital points and just stay on City's coattails, because I do think that for all the jokes about this squad, I think. They do have a slightly smaller squad, and I think they have they have more obvious weaknesses than they have done in the past. I think I think with City having seen them on what was it Saturday, I can see why they lost to Arsenal. Yeah, I can see why they lost to Wolves as well. Yeah, so you can kind of you get an impression they're not quite there. I mean, I know we all talk about De Bruyne, but Gundogan's the one I think mm-hmm. that they missed. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's that kind of player who no one really appreciates just how good he was until he's gone. And he was always the one who pops up for the, well, the, 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 the big goal. The, the replacement for him was the third choice, wasn't it? Matthias Nunes. They wanted yeah. Paqueta yeah. from West Ham and they wanted um, someone else to win. Well, he's totally different kind of player. He's totally different kind of player. Well, they wanted yeah. to McAllister briefly. Well, obviously. He's on the bench, isn't he? Was he injured? I didn't notice. I think he's hurt. Yeah. He's hurt. He was, he was he hurt. Grealish wasn't well. Nunes, I'm sure Nunes was injured because I'm sure Klopp hooked him in the tunnel. back on the bench, wasn't he? Yeah. Surprise. Miraculous recovery. Well, the didn't play either. Yeah, I mean that, that's the first I hate the moment, doesn't it? The yeah. cries about the squad. It's been on the bench. You chose I think. Yeah, well, you, you have the thing about Akanji, don't you? You always say this. 
Yeah, no, it's, I think that's just indicative of the two two different approaches. See, Liverpool and City went. City had a bit of an injury crisis and then just got Manuel Kanji in. Yeah. 16 million or something from Dortmund. And Liverpool don't have the the uh, freedom to do that when mm-hmm. stuff like that happens. You start looking at getting Reese Williams back off loan or whatever it is, or, you know, and that Phillips. Yeah. Um, I think going back to, to your question that wasn't a question, yeah. um, and you mentioned Aston Villa, um, I think the good thing this season is there's a lot of teams that could beat City. Yeah. And I think if City were to get, um, I mean, I don't know how many points they can still get at this point, but if, if City were to get, you know, upwards of 95 yeah. points this season, I don't think Liverpool <coughs> could do that because yeah. I think there will still be some games where Liverpool will drop points. However, if, you know, City lose to, to Tottenham or Aston Villa take points off them, which this season I think looks like more of a possibility yeah. than in previous seasons, then suddenly, you know, 88, 90 points is enough to get you the title. And that's when I think Liverpool have a chance. Yeah. So I think actually you can look at it and say like, God, you know, Villa are on the same points and United have been poor, but we're only a few points behind. But you think, well, actually you need as many good teams because City have set the bar so high. And there seems to have been so many years in the past where teams have just rolled over against City and had no chance against them. I think that works in Liverpool's favour, actually, that there's more teams that are capable of, of taking points off them. Yeah, I think that's spot on. I think one yeah. of the things, I mean, you look at like a, an Arsenal and, and Newcastle and some of their more, more impressive results have been at home. Yeah. And that's why I think it makes it so impressive what Liverpool have done in the first Baker's dozen of games. Because, <laughs> because, <laughs> good point. Um, because, because of all those types of games that you're looking at now, thinking, well, Arsenal have got to play X, Y, and Z this weekend. That, that could be. They could slip up there. Liverpool have gone to places and they've got out with a point of Brighton. Yes, they are. Tottenham was a was a slip, but they played so well. You know, they haven't slipped in those places, and obviously they've still got to go to the Emirates. They've still got to go to to Old Trafford, but winning at Newcastle, I thought, was hugely important. Mm. And yesterday's point, or Saturday's point. Yeah, I think I think what I'm seeing now in, in the Premier League is basically <coughs> the. Uh, I mean, it's always been for at least twenty years the the kind of league with the most money, but yeah. over the last five years now, West Ham playing like forty, yeah. fifty million for players and. You know, you've seen the best coaches, the best tactical innovations being brought in. Yeah. And now you've got the kind of traditional top six and then you've got like West Ham and yeah. Aston Miller are absolutely flying. Chelsea are a bit big up and down, aren't they? A bit of a mad story, but they're still a strong team. There's probably about eight or nine teams in the Premier League now who are really strong. Yeah. Uh, Brighton, of course, as well. And like going back to Bet's point there, you know, every most most weeks is a, is a difficult game for Liverpool and Bo- on the flip side for Man City as well. And Arsenal. I think the big test Liverpool's away for was the next three games. Sheffield United, Palace and mm-hmm. Burnley. That's the thing. Because if you're not winning those games, then yeah. what was the point of going to Man City and getting the yeah. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Well, last but not least, <laughs> oh. it's um, the Europa League this, this week. <clears throat> one member of the podcast really would like to pick his team. So, Doily, would you like to pick your team for last? Uh, no, but we can do it anyway. Uh, yeah, you were insistent that you were. That's because, you know, we're professional. Just yeah, because right. you don't like the Europa League and you think it's a complete waste of time. Well, you said it's not as good as the League Cup. In fact, in fact, you said, I quote, it's even worse than the FA Cup. Wake me up when the knockout's as <laughs> wrong you said. Yeah, I, I, I like the Europa League. I, I root for the underdog. Europa League, League Cup, I'm not asking. It's a really theme of my life. Um, right, so. <laughs> just Alison's not. not um, 
not in goal. Resting up his hammies, yeah. Yeah. You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna rest in Callaghan, give him a rest and get Adrian in there. That might actually be another thing. Of course he's not. Oh yeah. There you go. Um Callahan, it's going to be Callahan. Yeah, Callahan. Yeah, I mean, you'd imagine the pool window doing the qualified, so it's still obviously going to have to go fairly strong. Gomez probably come in at right back only, maybe yeah. Kwanzaa will start. Yeah, Canate and Simakas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. Ditto. Ditto. Yeah. Uh, Tritto. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just continue. Please help. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, and then I put. I don't know. Can Simicast play left back? Because he's going to keep on playing left back. Maybe you play it because next week that's when they're playing Sheffield in the midweek, aren't they? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he might play Luke Chambers for this one, yeah. I reckon. Mm-hmm. And last, last could probably be the weakest in yeah. the group, aren't they? Yeah. They are. They're yeah. saying they last. Yeah. <laughs> 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 right. right. Okay. Midfield, then we'll stick with you. Um, Endo, because he starts all of them. Yeah. Graben Birch and Elias Stegum. Easy enough, mm. Yeah, I'm going to say Ditto again, again, actually, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trisso, apparently. Is, uh, yeah. is Joe Gomez still here? Was he in the squad on Saturday? Still on the bench. Yeah, yeah. Was he? Oh, okay. Did you pay any attention to what we were writing? No, never okay. never do, really. really. No, that's yeah. Well, Beth, we'll let you stick with... Um, so you can't say Ditto, oh, yeah. No. We'll, we'll let you pick the forward line. Oh, it's hard, really, isn't it? Because assuming Jot is out. Mm. Um, yeah. Gapo. It's not that hard. It's a bit of a one decision. Yeah. <laughs> Gakpo, Diaz, and Salah. Salah, yeah. He likes to be involved, doesn't he? He does. Yeah. Never drop Salah, do they? No. Yeah. Yeah. I, was, yeah, I was thinking of maybe Ben Doak, but maybe you can't throw Salah in. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to do the opposite way around and play Doak at the start. And if they need something, get Salah up second half. Yeah, I mean, they did bring him on in the last yeah. last game. Changed the game, didn't he? And, um, it was one against Toulouse, <laughs> and which, which right. made no difference because yeah. Liverpool were always going to lose. Yeah, yeah well... Yeah. I was just about to make go. that point. Yeah. You make me do it. Who's the other team? USG, Union Saint-Gilois. Make a point out of that. Right, come on. We'll give you, we'll give you about... <clears throat> 10 seconds so come up can no. you think of a fall on them the Belgian no and this podcast the Brussels podcast this is Brussels away. you don't have to this podcast there you go <laughs> <laughs> right um, well, I think we'll leave it there did you want to go on see the other pool stay forward qualification can we spell Liverpool cooking I don't know I don't know yes I think Liverpool will win what did you say 2-0 I'm going to go 3-1 okay I'm also going to go 3-1 Good. That's the What's your line? I guess for the last turn. I the the last. Oh, yeah, for last. For me, it's the last. Um, <sighs> prediction. I'm not allowed to agree. It doesn't. Three three nil. Yeah. And the Liverpool can go to Belgium with their uh, yeah. qualification secure, and yeah. I'll bring me boots. Yeah. Like I did last yeah. week. Yeah. And finally, the uh, podcast comes to an end. Uh, we'll be back on Friday to talk Lask and talk full. Yeah, well done. Yeah, thank you. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo. 